Hi everyone, I'm Chloe and welcome back to another episode of What's Up WWE Universe, the podcast where we recap pay-per-views, Raw, NXT 2.0, and SmackDown and talk about news, rumors, wrestlers, matches, and everything going on in the WWE Universe. I know we haven't had an episode in a couple of weeks because I have been very busy with everything in life, but we are back. And before we get started, I just wanted to take the time to thank you all who have listened this year. We are coming up really closely on the one-year anniversary of this podcast. I cannot believe we've been doing this for an entire year. And I just want to say thank you to all of y'all that have listened. You know, Spotify Wrapped is out, and they gave one to me for the podcast. And all of y'all that have listened, I know it's not a ton compared to others, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And just thank you, thank you, thank you for all that y'all have done and for listening to a crazy WWE-obsessed girl just ramble about the sport she loves the most. <laughs> but anyways, before we get started, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And if you are listening on Spotify, drop a vote and let me know what was your favorite match at NXT War Games. Now, let's go ahead and kick off this episode and recap NXT War Games. So, at NXT War Games, we started out the night. We got to see Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray versus Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai in a War Games match. It was a very, very great match, in my opinion. Um, we started out, Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai started out in the match. Kaylee Ray had picked up the advantage for her team. And so after they went at it for a few minutes, Cora Jade in her next, she even brought in her skateboard to use as a weapon. And then after she came in, Gigi Dolan entered and brought in a trash can for her team. <coughs> And I apologize if I cough during this episode. I promise. I've been tested. It's not COVID. Um, we saw Io Shirai entered next. She brought steel chairs and trash cans. And then JC Jane entered. And there was one part in this match. She and Gigi, of course, the women's tag team champions, were working together. But there was one part where she accidentally kicked Gigi during the match. But they were able to mostly move past it throughout the match. And then there was one part where Cora Jade jumped onto J.C. Jane, who was on a, ta- on a table, <coughs> but she ended up injuring her own arm, her shoulder, and she had to fight through the match, through that pain, and there was one part where the medical staff was coming to check on her, but Io Shirai stopped them and applied more pressure to her shoulder, I guess, you know, to fuel more fire for Cora, and then we saw Raquel Gonzalez in her next, and she used a fire extinguisher. So, you know, you know things are getting crazy when that fire extinguisher is in there. Um, <coughs> and then we saw, lastly, Mandy Rose entered to finally begin the War Games match. Um, a lot of crazy moments in this match, but this, I feel like, was definitely a breakout match for Cora Jade because she was the one who was able to pin I believe it was JC Jane and picked up the win for her team so a big congratulations to Cora Jade and her team and has anybody else realized that in every single NXT war games match for the women um like the women's champion has always been on the losing team like 2019 Shayna Baszler last year Io Shirai and this year Mandy Rose I don't know I guess this is a pattern (laughs) and then we saw Team Black and Gold getting ready for their match. Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, LA Knight, Tommaso Ciampa. But they wanted to make that night Johnny Gargano's moment because, of course, we've talked about, you know, his contract possibly running out soon and him leaving NXT. And we're going to get into that a little bit later when we talk about the NXT 2.0. 
recap, but they wanted to make it all about Johnny. And then we saw Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. A lot of crazy moments in this match, but during this match, there was actually one part where the ref had his back turned when Von Wagner could have won during the match, but he was distracted, and so it was Imperium who were able to retain their NXT Tag Team Championships. And then after that match, Von Wagner actually tried to attack Kyle O'Reilly, but Kyle was able to fight back and was like, this is why Kyle O'Reilly does not have a good history with tag teams. Of course, he was with the Undisputed Era for so long, and look at what happened with them. So, yeah, it looked like Kyle O'Reilly probably should have listened to his gut when Von Wagner approached him about tag teaming. <coughs> I'm okay, guys, I promise. Um, And then we saw Santos Escobar was ready to destroy Zion Quinn in their match <coughs> that was upcoming on that week. And then when asked about Zion Quinn, Electra Lopez told Mackenzie Mitchell that it was not her business what she did with her time. And then we saw Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes in a hair versus hair match. Of course, you know, very personable because of what, you know, Duke Hudson shaving Cameron Grimes' hair and beard. And during this match, there were a lot of crazy moments, a lot of anticipation. Duke Hudson actually tried to use the ropes to win the match, but he was caught by the ref. And it was Cameron Grimes who won this match. And then Duke Hudson actually tried to escape when it was time for him to get his head shaved. But Cameron Grimes threw him toward the barber's chair, I guess is what you call it. But Duke fought back and almost shaved Cameron even more. But Cameron was able to fight back and <coughs> shaved Duke a little bit before Duke escaped and ran off. So... Yeah, take that, new Hudson. And then we saw Joe Gacy versus Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. Joe Gacy actually, of course, is over 205 pounds. So they suspended that rule for that match. And during this match, Harlan was at ringside for Joe Gacy. And Harlan actually started to pick up Ivy Nile, who was at ringside for Roderick Strong, during the match before Joe Gacy went over there and stopped him. But it was Roderick Strong who was able to retain his Cruiserweight Championship. So, of course, we'll have to see where that goes any farther. And then we saw Team 2.0 versus Team Black and Gold in their War Games match. And <coughs> we had a little bit of a nostalgia moment in this match. Well, before this match, actually, because... Johnny Gargano used his old theme entrance. He used his old music, old graphics. So a real throwback, you know, making us all cry. <laughs> and then we saw Carmelo Hayes and Johnny Gargano started out with each other in the match. It was um, Braun Breaker who had gotten the advantage um, for Team 2.0. And so we saw Grayson Waller enter next after that. And Trick Williams was... At ringside for Carmelo Hayes, and he threw a steel chair into the cage and began to climb the steel chair, you know, to maybe try and get into the cage. But then Johnny Gargano knocked him off with the chair, so he could not do that. He was like, Nope, not happening. And then there was actually one part of this match where Grayson Waller kicked Johnny Gargano in the face, which made him bleed out. And then we saw Pete Dunn enter next. And um, if you guys are hearing yelling, uh, my sister has a friend over for a sleepover. So you know they're going to be causing some havoc. But we're going to tune them out. And so we saw Pete Dunn enter next. And then J Tony D'Angelo entered after that. And he even got some assists with some tables from Trick Williams. <coughs> so it looked like maybe Trick was going to be you know, a disadvantage for Team Black and Gold. But then Dexter Loomis climbed from out of under the ring and scared off Trick Williams, of course. You know, um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams have been feuding with Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis as of late. So that was definitely a poke to them. 
And then during this match, Tony D'Angelo actually chained the door shut to the cage. So next, L.A. Knight tried to enter, but the door was chained, so he had to climb over the cage to get in. And then we saw Braun Breaker entered next, and he removed the chains on the door with some pliers. And then we saw Tommaso Ciampa entered lastly to finally begin the actual War Games match. And <coughs> Tommaso Ciampa actually used a crutch on everyone in Team 2.0 during the match and even had a DIY reunion with Johnny Gargano. They were working together basically during the match. And then we saw LA Knight through Grayson Waller through a table during match. These two have been at each other's throats as of late. But they got to settle that in the War Games match. And then we saw Grayson Waller actually jumped off the top of the cage onto LA Knight, who was on a table as well. And then we saw Tony D'Angelo actually took out Pete Dunne's mouthpiece and threw him down with a crowbar during the match. So we're really getting wild in this cage. And then we saw Carmelo Hayes. So... I don't remember exactly who they were pinning, but um, DIY, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were pinning someone and they could have most definitely won the match, but Carmelo Hayes physically pulled the ref away and at the end of this match, it was Braun Breaker who was able to pin Tommaso Ciampa to win the match for Team 2.0. So, of course, he pinned the NXT champion, so he's got to feel on top of the world about that, and of course, wants another shot at the NXT championship. So anyways, that is all for the NXT 2.0 War Games recap. Now, let's recap this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw. So on this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw, we started out the night with Big E, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens all cutting a promo, and they all looked forward to the same exact thing, was becoming WWE Champion at day one. And I am so excited because if y'all saw the birthday haul video that is on our Facebook page, go check that out if you haven't already, I mentioned that one of my birthday gifts was tickets to day one. I'm going to be going to that. I'm so excited. I haven't been to a live event in over two years now, and I've never been to a pay-per-view. So that's going to be so awesome, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. And so we kicked off the night. We saw Big E go up against Kevin Owens in a steel cage match. To say this match wasn't, you know, crazy would be... A complete lie because it was there was actually one part in this match where both of these men were like battling to try and get out of the cage but Seth Rollins came and closed the steel cage door on them and he watched the match at ringside throughout the entire match and at the end of the match it was Biggie who connected with a crazy huge big ending on Kevin Owens off the middle rope and was able to exit the cage for the win but then right after that, Seth Rollins attacked Big E and Kevin Owens. But then Big E was able to fend them off with belly-to-bellies and big endings. And he had the last laugh for a second. But then Bobby Lashley, who we haven't seen in a little bit, came out and attacked them. So I don't know. Will this be a fatal four-way at day one? I don't know. I would love to see that, especially in person. And then we saw Queen Zelina and Carmella, the women's tag team champions, coming out for Zelina's match. And Queen Zelina trashed Nikki A.S.H., her opponent, and Memphis as well. She said she was going to, you know, send Nikki down back to the dumps. And by that, she meant Memphis, Tennessee was what she said. And so we saw that match. And during this match, there was actually one part where Queen Zelina tried to use the ropes to win, but she got caught by the ref, and at the end of the match, it was Queen Zelina who was able to hit the code red on Nikki to win the match, and Queen Zelina and Carmella were bragging. Carmella was screaming at Nikki how she was a loser, so it doesn't look like things are finished between these two teams just quite yet. And then we saw 
RK Bro getting ready for the RK Bronament that started on Raw. And Riddle said that, you know, him and Randy were talking about, you know, their favorite Christmas movies and created a bracket. And Randy was like, dude, all you told me was, this is all yours. I mean, all you told me was that Home Alone changed your life. And Riddle's like, I said that to you in confidence. I love that part because, like, Home Alone is genuinely my favorite movie, not just a Christmas movie, my favorite movie. So, I feel you, Riddle. I feel you. And Riddle, to make everything better, was wearing a blazer for the special event. And he gave Randy Orton a matching one, which took him a minute to agree. It took some help from the WWE Universe. But he reluctantly agreed to wear the blazer for the arcade tournament. And then we saw Rhea Ripley trying to comfort Nikki A.S.H. after her loss backstage. And a fan was backstage. And Nikki thought, because this fan was like, oh my god, I'm your biggest fan. Can I have an autograph? And Nikki was like, yeah, sure. <coughs> but the fan was like, no, I was hoping I can get his. And then we saw Jerry Lawler, who gave the girl an autograph. And... Of course, that was not what Nikki needed, so she did not take too well to that. And then we saw the Street Profits planning to beat AJ Styles and Omos before the match began in the RK Bronament. We got to see AJ Styles and Omos take on the Street Profits in the first round of the RK Bronament. And RK Bro was watching this match on commentary, and toward the match, it looked like AJ Styles might have been able to win for his team, but Omos tagged himself in and got distracted because he was wreaking havoc on the Street Profits at ringside instead of in the ring, and he got distracted, and he got counted out, and so the Street Profits won via countout, and after the match, AJ was like, come on, dude, you have to listen to me, and then Omos walked down on him, um, so... Where does the partnership with AJ Styles and Omos stand right now? We'll have to wait and see. But then after that, Riddle asked AJ for a word on what just happened. And AJ said it was just a slight little argument in a great team. And he was like, come on, I, don't, I know you don't know what that feels like. Now you better get away or I'm going to shove that microphone down your throat. And then after AJ left, Riddle asked Randy Orton if he wanted to say something. But he said... No. And then we saw Becky Lynch ahead of her Raw Women's Championship match against Liv Morgan. She said that no one really wants Liv Morgan to win the Raw Women's Championship. And that when she beat Liv Morgan, it was just going to be another Friday night for her. So just another day in the office for Becky. And then we saw Riddle told Randy Orton to have a little more emotion when he speaks after that no and Randy says that he thinks that his broadcasting career is over. He took off the blazer and he told Riddle to just have fun out there. And Riddle was like, all right, I will for you. So he wasn't too hurt, which is good. <laughs> and then we saw Damian Priest open an open challenge for his United States Championship against Robert Roode. And um, it was a great match, but we did see... Damian Priest retain the United States Championship, but then after that, Dolph Ziggler gave Damian a super kick after the match, so doesn't look like this bout with the Dirty Dogs is quite over with Damian Priest quite just yet. And then we saw, um, let's see, what did we see? Okay, we saw Bianca Belair coming out for her, d during her entrance for her match against Dewdrop, but during her entrance, Dewdrop came over and blindsided her, attacked her, and Dewdrop actually got some new music, a lot more intimidating than her last theme song. It looks definitely that WWE is rebranding Dewdrop as a heel once again. She was a very big baby face after her split with Eva Marie, but of course, you know, now that Eva's not here anymore. She doesn't really, um, I don't know what, how to say it, but like, you know, I guess they're just trying to forget, you know, everything that happened with Eva Marie Dewdrop is her own person. 
Um, so we got to see that match, and it was a great match, but it was during the match, Dewdrop just decided to walk out, and she got herself counted out. So technically, Bianca Belair went, and she just won the match because of Dewdrop walking out. <laughs> and then we saw Austin Theory met with Vince McMahon. We didn't get to recap because we didn't have an episode last week. Um, but Austin Theory met with Vince McMahon last week. And, you know, Vince told him to expect the unexpected. And then that led to Vince McMahon slapping Austin Theory. Um, as of late, Vince has been very impressed with Austin Theory, of course. Even after he stole the Cleopatra egg at Survivor Series, he still agreed to a WWE Championship match for him. But Vince McMahon said that he's considering putting Austin in a match that night. So we <coughs> we left off at that point. And then we saw, for the first time in quite some time, we had Miz TV, and before he welcomed his special guest, the Miz was like, oh, I'm sure you're all wondering where Maurice is. Well, she doesn't come to places like Memphis, Tennessee. So more trashing of Memphis from the superstars. But he welcomed his special guest, Edge, and he said that last week um, when they had their confrontation, he did mean his compliments of the Miz, but the Miz was like, well, the old Edge would have, you know, speared me. He's like, oh, and your kindness. You know, I could have used your kindness when I first started in WWE, when I got hazed, when I got kicked out of the locker room. But you just stood there, and you didn't help me. And Edge was like, come on. Like, in this very arena, I gave you advice, but you brushed me off. And then The Miz challenged Edge to a match at day one, which he accepted. And then he also challenged The Miz to a match that same night, but The Miz declined, and he was like, and I'm not scared. And then Edge almost looked like he was about to go for a punch, but he didn't. But The Miz still kind of, like, fell back. So, I don't know, is The Miz scared of Edge? But I'm going to see that match in person, and I am so excited about that. That is going to be such an awesome match. And then we saw Liv Morgan said that you know, she's going to do everything in her power to get what she wants. And what she wants was the Raw Women's Championship. And then we saw the Mysterios before their first round match in the RK Bronement. They were ready to start the journey to become Raw Tag Team Champions. Of course, their former SmackDown Tag Team Champions. First ever father-son duo in WWE to become Tag Team Champions, which is pretty darn awesome. But... We saw um, Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. Honestly, this is kind of getting old because, like, they've been airing these for about, like, a month now, and we have not seen him since. So, come on. Like, where is Veer Mahan? Come on, come on. We're ready for Veer. Come on, just give him to us. And then we saw the Mysterios versus the Alpha Academy in the RK Bronament. And Riddle was, of course, match, watching this match on commentary. It was a great match, but at the end, it was Dominic Mysterio who was able to counter Chad Gable's moonsault and rolled him up, which secured the win for the Mysterios, which I am so happy that that happened. And then after that match, Riddle tried to interview the Alpha Academy, but Otis attacked him and... So it did not end well for Riddle there. And then we saw Vince McMahon told Austin Theory that he wouldn't be having a match that night. And he said that he had to find another way to impress him. And then we saw Finn Balor go up against T-Bar. And it was Finn Balor who was able to come up with the win. But Austin Theory attacked Finn Balor. He hit the ATL on Finn Balor after the match and got a selfie with him. So it looks like that is maybe Austin Theory's way of trying to impress Vince McMahon. Hmm. And then we saw Dana Brooke backstage, the new 24-7 champion. She was congratulated by R-Truth, Akira Tozawa, and Reggie. And Reggie actually was, you know, like, congrats and everything. And then Dana started to walk away. 
And then Tamina came and Reggie was like trying to block her path. And she's like, come on. So it looks like Tamina has her eyes on once again becoming the 24-7 champion because she has been 24-7 champion before. But yeah, it looks like that is Tamina's priority right now is becoming 24-7 champ. And then we saw MVP and Bobby Lashley, and they said that Bobby has been disrespected, and that is why he attacked Biggie, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens. He felt disrespected that he hasn't been in the talks for the WWE Championship picture for a while. You know, he was the last champion before Big E. So we'll just have to see. Like I said, maybe a fatal four-way match is what it's going to become at day one. We'll have to see. And then we saw Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's Championship. Of course, the biggest match of Liv Morgan's career. Um, It is so refreshing to finally see her get an opportunity like this because we, I think, you know, we've all been going on rants about, you know, WWE's treatment of Liv Morgan as of late, but now finally she's getting an opportunity. It was such a great match, such an amazing match for Liv. Um, But at the end of the match, Becky Lynch grabbed the bottom rope to win the match, but the ref did not see it. So she did retain her Raw Women's Championship and angry live girl has already gone viral. A little girl that looked very upset after the match. Um, you know, Liv and Damien Priest, you know, and some other superstars as well have, you know, tweeted in response to that. But, I mean, honestly, I feel like this rematch has to happen at day one. You know, I would love to see it, of course, in person. But I think we'd all agree that we'd love to see Liv Morgan get this opportunity once more again. And we'd all love to see Liv as the Raw Women's Champion. So I think WWE better keep that rematch in mind for day one. All right, that'll do it for the Raw recap. Now let's recap this past week's episode of NXT 2.0. So on this past week's episode of NXT 2.0, we started out the night with... Von Wagner going up against Kyle O'Reilly in a steel cage match. Um, During his entrance, actually, Kyle O'Reilly attacked Von Wagner. And so, you know, tension's already running high um, in this match. Um, But we did see kind of a shocker ending. Kyle O'Reilly was defeated by Von Wagner. And after the match, Von Wagner continued to attack Kyle. He hung him up by the ropes and started slamming the seal cage door on him repeatedly. And this, you know, seems to be Kyle O'Reilly's final appearance with NXT. And honestly, I kind of felt like that was a little disrespectful towards Kyle. So there is actually rumors that are saying that a source said that Kyle thinks that, you know, it's a report from the Wrestling Observer, um, by the way. They said that they were told that Kyle said that, you know, leaving NXT was a no-brainer and added that some possible landing spots for him are AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I can definitely see him succeeding in. <coughs> I'm okay, I promise. Um... You know, in AEW are his former Undisputed Era teammates, um, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish. But yeah, New, Jap- New Japan would definitely be a great place for that too. But yeah, I felt like that was just a tad bit disrespectful to Kyle. And then we saw Joe Gacy and Harlan. And they said that, you know, Joe's loss at War Games to Roderick Strong wasn't important but what is important is that they are breaking down barriers and that next week Harlan will actually be making his in-ring debut and they said that in a matter of time they are going to change the world and so we'll just have to see how Harlan does in his in-ring debut and then we saw Braun Breaker coming out and he said that he respects team black and gold so much But, of course, he pinned 
the NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa, to win the match. And so he challenged Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT championship one more time to finally settle this. But then the Diamond Mine interrupted before the Creed Brothers match. And Malcolm Bivens said that Roderick Strong has his eyes on Braun, even though Roderick wasn't even there. And he basically challenged Braun for Roderick to a match next week. And Braun accepted that match. And so we saw the Creed Brothers go up against Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen. And we saw the Grizzled Young Veterans were actually on commentary for this match. But before this match even began, Imperium, the tag team champions, made their presence known before the match. They were up in the sky, basically, and they were just making their presence known. And during this match, um, actually, the Grizzled Young Veterans, of course, with all of their sneaky antics as of late, they took the, um, they stole Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen's tag rope from them, but still, Brooks Jensen was actually able to pin one of the Creed brothers, I'm honestly not sure which one, um, but he won that match, and so it was a very big victory for their team, and then we saw Von Wagner said that, you know, He's done with Kyle. He's done with everything. He said that, you know, war games might have been done on Sunday, but his war games are just beginning. And then as Mackenzie Mitchell is like, all right, you guys, back to you at the desk. Um, Robert Stone actually came up to her, looked like he was about to approach her. Um, but I don't know. We never got to hear exactly what he said and if you guys are hearing a vacuum there's some vacuuming i'm sorry about all the noise um the children are gone so we won't be worrying about that <coughs> but anyways we'll have to see you know what is next for robert stone his recruits jesse cabea and frankie monet are now gone so what's next for robert stone <coughs> and then we saw zion quinn ahead of his match with Santos Escobar, he told them to watch out for him during their match. And then we saw Duke Hudson after the hair versus hair match at War Games. Duke Hudson came out wearing a wig, even though he claimed that he still had a full head of hair. And he called Cameron Grimes just a disappointment. But then Cameron Grimes interrupted and said that he knows that he shaved him bald at War Games. And so that he just can't handle losing. But then Duke claimed that Cameron cheated to win at War Games, that he grabbed his tights, and that's how he won. But then Cameron was like, all right, if you want to play like that, let's just, you know, remove all the rules. Let's have a no-holds-barred match. And Duke accepted that match, and he tried to attack Cameron, but then Cameron was able to fight back, and he almost was able to pull off Duke's wig, but Duke was able to escape so hopefully we'll be able to see Duke bald pretty soon. <laughs> Not a statement I'd ever thought I'd say, but whatever. And then we saw Jacket Time congratulating Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen on their victory. <coughs> I'm okay. <laughs> but then the Grizzled Young Veterans said that they were the reason that they won the match. But then Casey Cat and Zero and Caden Carter walked past them. They were like... Hey, a win's a win. And they had some concert tickets. They were like, hey, we're about to go to a concert. You want to come with us? And Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen were like, yeah, let's go. And then Jacket Time and the Grizzled Young Veterans started fighting and brawling. So we'll have to see. Maybe we'll get to see a match next week between Jacket Time and the Grizzled Young Veterans. And then we saw Grayson Waller was outside talking to a girl. And he tried to, you know, ask her out. But she was already hanging out with L.A. Knight, who Grayson Waller is not very good friends with. So, of course, he took that to heart and was not very happy about that. And then we saw Carmelo Hayes versus Dexter Loomis. This match was originally supposed to be Trick Williams versus Dexter Loomis. But apparently he had some vision issues after NXT War Games. So... That did not happen. But th all throughout the match, Dexter Loomis was scaring Trick Williams. He even made him scream at one point, which was awesome. 
And during this match, Trick Williams cheap shotted Dexter cheap shotted cheap shot Dexter Loomis, which led to a win for Dexter via disqualification. But then Dexter held Trick in a submission. So I don't know. Maybe at some point we'll get to see Trick Williams versus Dexter Loomis. I think that'd be really cool. And then we saw MSK. Finally, we got to meet the Shaman, who actually turned out to be Riddle. And he gave them some advice. They talked about, you know, achieving everything so quickly. But now it felt like it was all kind of crashing down ever since losing the tag team championships. And Riddle told them that they didn't need to change anything. And he said that he was not going to leave their side and they had, like, this bag that they are carrying around everywhere. And he was like, can I see what's in the bag? And they were like, sure. And so we open it. He looked down. And they all start laughing. They're like, okay, that's awesome. But we haven't gotten to see what's in the bag yet. So hopefully we'll get to see what's inside that bag soon. And then we saw Mandy Rose um, before Toxic Attractions match. We saw her trash Cora Jade especially, you know, made fun of her and her style and her skateboard. And before we got to see Toxic Attraction in action, we saw Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada were both glad that Dexter Loomis is back so that Indy could finally focus. But Persia told Indy that she wants her to fully focus on the team, leave the love at home. And Indy said that she is focused on the team but then when Dexter came out, she immediately jumped into his arms. And then Johnny Gargano came over to them and hugged them and said that he's glad the family's back together. But Persia Parada seems a little iffy about this whole Gargano family reunion thing. And then we saw Valentina Faraz and Ulyssa Leon versus Toxic Attraction. <coughs> we got to see some awesome action from Valentina and Ulyssa. So hopefully we get to see a lot more of them, you know, more than just jobbers on NXT. But it was Toxic Attraction who came off with the win in that match. And Mandy Rose, after the match, said that Toxic Attraction isn't running from anyone and they were waiting on anyone to come, you know, challenge them. And then Cora Jade interrupted and mentions that she meet that she beat Mandy a few weeks ago. And Mandy was like, nah, honey, you got lucky. But then Cora mentioned that her team also won war games. And so she challenged Mandy to an NXT Women's Championship match. And Mandy declined a championship match, but said that she could come settle something in the ring with her. And then Raquel Gonzalez came out with a steel chair. And she and Cora tried to get in the ring, but Toxic Attraction escaped from them. So we'll have to see, you know... When will Cora or Raquel get to meet with Mandy and Toxic Attraction? And then we saw Tony D'Angelo was talking about, you know, his bout with Pete Dunne in the War Games match. And he talked about, you know, he took Pete Dunne's mouthpiece. He had it, you know, in a box all covered up. And then Andre Chase came over to him and congratulated him on War Games, but said that if he had listened to him, he would have been the star of the match instead of Grayson Waller. And then <coughs> Tony challenged in Andre to a match. So it looks like we'll be getting to see that match soon. And then we saw Cora Jade was talking with Raquel Gonzalez backstage. And she said that, you know, with the way everything's been going for her, she thinks that she could possibly be the NXT Women's Champion soon. But Raquel said that she thinks that she is next in line since, of course, she was the last champion before Mandy. And then Kaylee Ray gave Cora a baseball bat, and she was like, but what are you going to use? And she's like, oh, it's fine. I got plenty more. So, of course, you know, Kaylee Ray, she's got a ton of bats. I mean, the girl has a rage room, so, you know, she's got everything. And then we saw Tiffany Stratton. She was talking about how, you know, she competed in gymnastics, and like she is in gymnastics, she planned to be a solo star in NXT 2.0. So we'll have to see what exactly is Tiffany Stratton capable of when she finally comes to NXT 2.0. <coughs> and then we saw 
Santos Escobar versus Zion Quinn. Of course, during this match, we saw a lot of tension between Santos, not Santos Escobar, Zion Quinn and Electra Lopez. And there was one part during this match where Electra put brass knuckles on Zion Quinn while he wasn't really noticing. And, you know, the referee told him, you know, to get those out of the ring. And it was Zion Quinn who was able to come out with the victory. So we don't know, you know, what's going on. Did Electra put the brass knuckles on Zion to try and help him or to try and to get him, you know, disqualified? I don't know. what What's the case with Electra Lopez and Zion Quinn? We'll have to wait and see. And then we saw Malcolm Bivens um, and the Diamond Mine were leaving and they were asked about the match that Roderick Strong's going to have next week with um, Braun Breaker. And Malcolm said that Roderick Strong is just the champion, but Carmelo Hayes came over to him and said that he is the A champion of NXT 2.0, not Roderick. So I don't know, maybe at some point we'll see a champion versus champion bout between Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes. I don't know. And then we saw <coughs> Boa said that once he can control his powers, Doom will await Idris Enofe. I hope that's how you say it. He is one of the latest stars in NXT. Um, he just made his debut recently. We haven't gotten to talk about it since we haven't had an episode in a while. But he is brand new and it looks like Boa is already targeting him. And then we saw Johnny Gargano. He came out to address the NXT universe after the War Games match. He talked about, you know, he's always genuinely honest with the NXT universe. And he said that he'd get everything he needed to off his chest on um, Tuesday. So he did. He used his old entrance theme just like he did at War Games. And, you know, everyone was there like... We saw before backstage, he was with Candice LeRae and their dog Padme. And he recalled being told at a WWE tryout that he'd never be a part of NXT way back in 2015. <coughs> and he said that William Regal brought him back. And um, it was the fans that, you know, kept him back every week, even though he didn't have a contract. And he thanked all the fans for their support and his family at home, and his family at NXT. And he did mention that change is scary, but sometimes it needs to happen. And he says that you'll never never fail if you bet on yourself. And he's excited about becoming a dad. In February, even the crowd was getting into it. They were like, baby wrestling. And Johnny was like, yeah, he's going to watch this back a few, a few years from now. And thank you guys so much. And then... When, you know, again, with the disrespect, I kind of feel Grayson Waller came with a steel chair from behind and attacked him. He put his head into the chair and slammed him into the steel steps. And then he also threw him through a table. So I don't know if he was mad about not being able to pick up that girl, but he was not happy. And I again feel like that was a little bit disrespectful as well, like with Kyle. But... <coughs> Of course, we'll have to see, you know, it seems that Kyle and Johnny are, you know, moving on from NXT. So we'll have to see, you know, what's next for them. So thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate everything you did for us at NXT. We love you. And good luck with everything else in life. And, of course, Johnny, good luck with baby wrestling. Now, let's recap this past week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. So, on this past week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, we started out the night, Sami Zayn, after his attack from Brock Lesnar and Rowan Reigns last week. He was wheelchaired out into the arena. He had a foot brace and a neck brace. And, like, he had two freaking nurses wheeling him out. And then he claimed that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar have a conspiracy against him and said that he needed to sue everyone that had to do with what happened last week. And then Paul Heyman came out, introduced himself, but Sammy got mad at him and he started standing up from his wheelchair. So, don't really know. 
if he needed the wheelchair so much, but he mentioned, well, Paul Heyman mentioned that, no, wait, excuse me. It was Sammy that mentioned that Roman wasn't there, so he would rip Paul's head off because he didn't have his protection. And then Brock Lesnar came out. He got a steel chair to sit in in the ring. And Sammy blamed his injuries on Brock. But then Brock apologized for last week. But he said that he did Sammy a favor because he could never beat Roman Reigns. And he was like, come on, let's go do something away from Hollywood. We're both Canadian. Let's go fishing or something. But as they're like leaving Paul Heyman protests, she's like, Come on, are you serious? Like, the old Brock Lesnar would never back down from this. He actually kind of ended up praising Brock a little bit. But then Brock attacked Sammy's nurses who wheeled him out. And then Sammy, who got F5'd. So you just you just can't trust Brock Lesnar. Never trust Brock Lesnar with anything. And then <coughs> Kayla Braxton tried to get a word from Brock Lesnar about what had just happened. And he told her to ask his advocate, Paul Heyman. So what is the status with um, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman? And then we saw Los Lotharios versus Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, It was um, Shinsuke and Rick who were able to get the victory in this match, I would love to honestly, like, I feel like the Intercontinental Championship right now isn't really being, you know, as well displayed as it should be. Um, So maybe like either Angel or Umberto, I'd love to see them, you know, get an opportunity for the Intercontinental Championship because they both really deserve it. I think so. Um, So yeah, I'd love to see either of them get a shot at the title. And then we saw Kofi Kingston crown King Woods in front of the SmackDown locker room with a brand new crown that looked awesome, by the way. Um, And they plan to show in their match against the Usos and RK-Bro that they are the best tag team in WWE. And no, they like, they were in front of the Viking Raiders. They were like, hey, like, no offense, sorry. And then we saw, so a few weeks ago, we had a Black Friday Battle Royale to determine the number one contender for the Universal Championship. And that Battle Royale was won by Sami Zayn. But Drew McIntyre was very upset that he wasn't on the list. And he talked to Sonya Deville about it last week. And she was like, well, Adam Pearce made the list. I'm sorry, you shouldn't be confronting me. And Adam Pearce is not here tonight. And so this week... Drew McIntyre confronted Adam Pearce about it, but he said that Sonya was actually the one that made the list. And she also said that in his match against Sheamus that he couldn't bring his sword Angela down to the ring with him. And so what did Drew McIntyre do? He stuck it through Adam Pearce's desk. (laughs) And then we saw Tony Storm getting ready for her SmackDown Women's Championship contenders match. And Sasha Banks told her, that she was so happy and she really deserved that opportunity. She was rooting for her and she told Tony to watch her back and make sure, you know, whenever Charlotte makes a mistake to make it Tony time, finally. And then we saw Adam Pierce. Um, he was struggling to get Angela out of his desk and we saw Seamus take on Drew McIntyre and Cesaro, who has been having a little bit of issues with his former tag team partner, Sheamus, was seen watching backstage. And, you know, this, I feel like it has been Cesaro's year mostly. Um, You know, his rivalry with Seth Rollins was pretty darn awesome, his win at WrestleMania. Like, and I just feel like as of right now, he's kind of been like watered down and hasn't been, he's kind of been buried a teeny bit. So I just really hope that this, you know, brings him out of that burial because he really deserves to be used more. But we did see Drew McIntyre, who put a claymore onto Sheamus. He won that match. So good for Drew. But then we saw Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss wheeling away Adam Pierce's desk with Angela in it laughing. So, oh my God, please do not do anything with Angela. Come on. 
And then we saw a tribute to Black Jack Lanza. He recently passed away. He was a legend in the wrestling business and we're sending out prayers to his family and to his friends and everyone else who is affected by this loss. <coughs> and then we saw Caleb Braxton tried to ask um, if he is, she tried to ask Paul Heyman if he is Brock Lesnar's special advocate once again, and he told her to stop. And then she asked him how Roman Reigns would react to everything that went down tonight earlier and he was just speechless and ran away from that. And then we saw Naomi. So it was advertised to be Naomi versus Sonya Deville finally. And Naomi demanded for Sonya to come out, which she does. And she got new gear and a new entrance video and music. And she was like, all right, before we get into this match, I have a few things I want to let you know. Natalia is going to be our special guest announcer. Shayna Baszler is going to be our special guest timekeeper. And Naomi was not taking any of that. So she took out Shayna and Natalia before the match could begin. And then Sonya was like, come on, get her. Go after her. And then Zaya Lee, one of the newest draftees to SmackDown, she came out and helped Naomi take out Sonya's crowd. Um, and they went after Sonya, actually. But before Naomi was able to finish Sonya... Shayna and Natalia pulled her away out of the ring. So, looks like Naomi might have a little bit of help with this rivalry, I guess you could say. And then we saw backstage, RK Bro, they were invited to be in the tag team batch to determine who's the best tag team in WWE. Um, and Riddle introduced Randy to the cast of Jackass Forever. They were at the show. And they showed them some moves, but of course, Randy had nothing to say. He hasn't had much to say this week. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we saw Charlotte Flair versus Tony Storm in a SmackDown Women's Championship Contenders match. And the winner of this match was technically Tony Storm via disqualification because Charlotte became a little too overpowerful, I guess, if that's a word. Um, and she was, you know, going after Tony, and the ref was telling her to back off, and she didn't, so that led to a disqualification. But Tony, I mean, not Tony, Charlotte didn't really care, and she continued to attack Tony after the match. But hey, I mean, this technically means that Tony should get a SmackDown Women's Championship match soon. I mean, at day one, I'd love to see that match, especially live. And then we saw Brock Lesnar visited Adam Pearce in his office, and he was talking to him. He backed him into a wall and actually thanked them for his suspicion and his time off. And he talked about a moose that he killed that he named after Adam. So looks like there's definitely still some tension between Brock Lesnar and Adam Pearce, to say the least. And then before the triple threat tag team match, the Usos said they didn't care about King Wood's new crown or RK-Bro. They just cared about winning their match on that night and their match against the New Day at day one. And so we saw the Usos versus the New Day versus RK-Bro to determine who is the best tag team in WWE right now. There are many crazy moments in this match. Of course, when you bring these three teams together, what do you expect? Anything less than awesomeness, craziness. Um, Randy Orton threw both members of the New Day onto the announce table during the match. But at the end of the match, it was the New Day. They delivered the daybreak to Jay Uso, which got them the victory and the title of best tag team in WWE. So, of course, the New Day must be feeling real good heading into day one. I'm very excited. I would love to see them get crowned the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, especially since I'm going to be there to see it. But anyways, that is it for the SmackDown recap and our recaps in this episode. Now, let's talk about some news. Jeff Hardy has been released from WWE. So if the releases this year haven't been crazy enough, they have just added another one. And fingers crossed, this is the final release of 2021. 
WWE has released Jeff Hardy after an incident at a live event where he was sent home. What happened at the live event in Texas, he was having a six-man tag team match. He was teaming with Drew McIntyre and King Woods, and he was in the ring wrestling, and he put a hot tag onto Drew McIntyre. He rolled out of the ring and left through the audience, and security followed him, and there are videos even before the match where he was taking, you know, pictures with fans, and fans noticed he looked, like, really sluggish and didn't look like he felt too good, and WWE even offered him rehab, which he refused, and, of course, this one is a lot different than the releases that we've seen this year, um, of course, like, you know, this wasn't, you know, within a release wave, and I think that if this incident hadn't happened, well, I don't want to say that, but, you know, this isn't like the release waves that we've been seeing all year, this is, like, a lot more personal, um, so, I don't know, you know, what's next for Jeff Hardy. We'll have to wait and see, but just please send your prayers and your thoughts to Jeff Hardy at this time. Of course, Jeff Hardy has dealt with, you know, addiction and alcohol abuse, and when he came back last year, his feud with Sheamus, his struggle with alcohol and addiction played a big role in their feud. So... I don't know. We d- please just send your thoughts and your prayers to Jeff Hardy at this time and his family as well. Just send all your thoughts and prayers to the Hardy family for sure. Now, let's talk about a rumor. Could Dewdrop return to using the name Piper Niven? So, Dewdrop has been on quite the role on Monday Night Raw recently. She has made a heel turn, it looks like, once again after, you know, when she first came up to the main roster when she aligned with Eva Marie, she was a heel, of course, with Eva, and then when she finally turned on Eva, she was a very big baby face, Um, but yeah, she's gotten a new theme song, um, much more intimidating, of course, now she has had a bit of a character change, and could she be getting a name change as well? There are rumors that WWE has filed to the trademark Piper Niven. That is, of course, the name she used while she was in NXT UK. And so it looks like maybe she could be going back to being Piper Niven once again. That's what she initially, I think, wanted to be called. If y'all remember that promo one time where Eva... First time, the first time she introduced her as Dewdrop, you can see Piper like miming in her mouth. She's like, Piper, Piper. And then Eva's like, Dewdrop. And so, of course, I feel like this wouldn't be, you know, a bad choice at all because, of course, with Eva Marie being gone now, it doesn't really make too much sense for. Dewdrop to keep using that name. It's kind of like, you know, with the whole Alexa Bliss, uh, creepy, possessed, evil Alexa Bliss. Like, it's a great storyline, but, you know, Bray Wyatt's gone, so it doesn't really make all that sense anymore. Like, you know, I feel like hopefully when Alexa comes back um, from her hiatus, whenever that is, that she might undergo, you know, a character change. But, yeah, I don't think that it's a bad idea at all for WWE to let her use the name Piper Niven again. Now, let's talk about a wrestler that got her big break in the NXT Women's War Games match. Cora Jade. So while her career in WWE has not been long at all, it looks to be a bright career for her. Cora Jade, she has, you know, made very brief appearances in Impact Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling, but she has never 
um, you know, stayed in there long term like she seems to be with NXT. She signed a contract with WWE in January of this year. She made her debut two nights after that was announced on 205 Live, where she teamed with Gigi Dolan in the first round of the Women's Dusty Roads Classic, but they were eliminated by The Way. And then she appeared on NXT in February of this year and lost to Zia Lee. And then about three months later, she lost to Frankie Monet. But then later, um, about five months later in October, she defeated Frankie Monet in a rematch. Um, and, you know, before Trey Baxter, her actual real-life boyfriend, Rez release, their on-screen relationship um, was shown, of course, but then Trey Baxter was released, so it was all up to Cora on her own. She joined Raquel Gonzalez's team for NXT War Games, and she was, of course, the one who picked up the win for her team. So it looks to be a pretty darn bright future with Cora Jade. And let's also highlight she is only 20 years old. She is one of the youngest girls on the roster. And look at her go. I mean, she looks to have a pretty big, pretty good future in WWE. And I can't wait to see what is next for Cora Jade. Now, Let's talk about a match that's coming up soon. The Usos versus The New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at Day 1. So at Day 1, which of course I will be going to, I'm sorry I can't shut up about that, um, we will be seeing the Usos take on the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, this is definitely not the first time that these teams have met each other in the ring. These teams have dealt it out in Hell in a Cell. I mean, they know each other, so it's not like this is anything new. Um, of course, you know, with the new gimmick of, you know, King Woods and Sir Kofi Kingston, um... That's, you know, the difference, and the difference, of course, for the Usos is now they are a part of Roman Reigns' bloodline. So, they're kind of, you know, under Roman Reigns' control, so that's what definitely makes this time different from their last few bouts with each other, and so I'm very excited to get to see this match. It's going to be an awesome match. I know it. And this is, it's very hard to pick a winner for this match, especially with the history between these two teams. But let's predict our winners for this match. So for our predictions for the Usos versus the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at day one, like I said, I know that this match is going to be great. Of course, these two tag teams are very familiar with each other. Of course, there's, you know, some differences about this time because, of course, the last time they faced each other, the Usos weren't working for Roman Reigns. And last time, the New Day weren't royalty. So this match, I like I mentioned, it's very hard to predict. But I'm going to go more with what I want to happen, which is I would love to see the New Day become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions at day one. And so that's just going to be my prediction of what I want to happen. But I don't know. This, this is a very hard one. Of course, these teams are very much familiar with each other and... I'm just really excited to see this match, of course, since I am actually going to be seeing it in person. But for now, I'm just going to go with my prediction. I'm going to say the New Day are going to become SmackDown Tag Team Champions at day one. All right, that'll do it for this episode of What's Up WWE Universe. Again, make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. 
and tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And if you are listening to us on Spotify, drop a vote or comment and let me know what was your favorite match at NXT War Games. And I know that I haven't been very good about posting the episodes on Sunday as of late, but new episodes are supposed to come out every Sunday, and I promise I will try to do a better job of this lately. Or later, I guess. I don't know how to say it, but I'll try to do better now. All right, I'm Chloe, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!